All right, all right. Let's just open up this mailbag. What do we got today? One question, two questions. No, just one or two. No, oh my goodness. We have what? This many? Man, this is going to be a busy show. I can't wait to talk about all these mailbag questions y'all have. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on BC, I am your host, AJ Black. Today is one of those mailbag episodes. Sometimes I go out there and I ask and I only get a few questions. Today, the mailbag is exploding, like like Santa's sack full of like letters from kids. I got so many questions from basketball to recruiting to transfer portal to Quentin Post to Earl Grant to Jeff Halfley, the coaching hot seat. You name it, we have it. I'm going to get into it today. If you are in the comment section, if you have a question throughout the show, you can throw it in the comment section as well. If I have time, I will try to get to those as well. Our first question today comes from Tim on Twitter, who says, what are your expectations for year three under Grant? Do you expect most guys to return next year? Plus thoughts on incoming freshman potential transfers in. Feel like the team is one or two guys away from being a tournament team, assuming Quinton Post is back. So yeah. I think that's the biggest question, right? This team is a completely different team when Quentin Post is back. If he comes back next year, and that is a gigantic if, this team will be tournament. I think they'll be a tournament team next year. I'm, I am, I am confident enough that they have the guys next year to do what they need to do to be tournament eligible. Because as I've said this year, if post played, they would have won four or five more games and take those away from the losses. They would have been a 21 team, 21 team this year. You lose, you're going to probably lose. You're going to obviously lose Makai Ashton Langford. He is out of eligibility. He'll be gone. And that's a big loss. He's a, he's a good player. Uh, you're going to pro you're going to also lose. I believe CJ Penna. Um, who's a depth player. You're not going to miss too much there. And I imagine you're going to have one or two guys enter the transfer portal. Who those guys are, I'm not sure. There might be a guy on that roster that feels like he can, you know, might find another program that fits fits him better. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate on who that will be. But it's just the way that the cookie crumbles in college sports right now that you just got to expect you're going to lose one or two guys. So, Next year, and this leads into a question uh, that we also had from another reader, and I will get to that in a second. You have two freshmen coming in. I'll get into their names later. And I imagine they'll also bring in one or two transfers. But no matter what BC brings in next year, and I think they could use it. They, 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 they're going to need a big. This is all talking like as if Quinton Post is coming back. If they have Post, they need a big behind him. You could do Bickerstaff, but I think you need another big guy uh, to kind of go with that. So I think you're going to need a big, but the biggest answer, biggest acquisition they're going to get next year is Donald Hand coming back because I think he adds a whole other dynamic to this team. He's an outside shooter. He can shoot deep threes. He can do a lot of that uh, perimeter things that you don't really have um, that you, you have a need for on this roster. So you bring hand, you got post. You're going to have a starting five with, with Zachary. DeMar Lankford, I assume, is coming back. 
And you know, Devin McLaughlin. I, I would I like I like the the starting five when McLaughlin's out there because I think he's he adds a bit of physicality uh where uh post is a little bit more finesse. So I do. I think they're gonna be a tournament team next year. Um and, and they're showing it right now why they are. I mean, they're they've on the verge of 10 tournament uh, ACC wins. I think they can do that. So Thank you, Tim, for that question. Next question. I got, I got to go quickly through. I got to go, not quickly, but I got to make sure I get through this. Dennis. Dennis is always in my direct messages on Twitter, and I love him. He's a he's an avid BC fan. Uh, he says, um, my pick for de- defense. This is more of a comment, and I'm going to let him speak his speak. My pick for defensive coordinator, Halfley himself. Chud runs the O. Half runs the D and keeps the right returning and new plenty position coaches in place. Plenty of head coaches have both been headquarter head coach and coordinator. Given the time frame, this would make a lot of sense. If he survives, he can bring in a defensive coordinator or promote one of his guys after next season. So we are still in that uh, lovely period of uh, the college football season where we don't know who the coordinators are yet. I've asked, I've asked, I've asked, I believe me, I've asked. And the report from Football Scoop that it's going to be Chudzinski and, and Shimko, I'm almost 100% sure that's going to be it. Um, and I've been told, what I have been told, and you guys can take this to the bank, is that both coordinators are already in place doing their work. Um, I don't know why it's not been announced to the public yet. I just weird. I mean, most other schools, they tell you, you know, there's a guy in place 24 hours after a guy leaves. And we're now on to like six, seven, almost a month and a half. Uh, for some of these positions. So um, I, will it be Halfley? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I maybe <laughs> I, we've talked about it on this podcast, but it's an interesting thought. I don't know what you guys think as well. Now in our comment section, um, Frank Ryan says, and this is just a comment on what we were just talking about in basketball. Donald hand is a Winston tabs type, both play wise. And unfortunately injury wise. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to, compare him to Winston tabs already. I mean, he just tore his knee up on a fluke play. It happens. So, um, but while well, we wait and see, I mean, if you can play offensively like Winston tabs, we're in for a treat, but hopefully they won't have the injury issues there. Next question. Let's continue on. We have, um, so Pat, <laughs> Pat crafts burner on Twitter says, can you go through Earl grants incoming class for next year? Pat crafts burner. I hope this is not the real Pat craft. Uh, he's too busy over at Penn state, but yeah, I can. So BC has two committed freshmen coming in, uh, for, for, for basketball next year. They've got Fred Payne, who is a, uh, combo guard from Texas. And so I think he's going to kind of slot into where all that, that, um, kind of what Makai Ashton Langford did, you know, you've, you've got him there. You've got Chaz Kelly, um, You've got, you know, um, Jaden Zachary. You've got, you know, you've you've got some depth there, and I think you'll see some of the younger guys start to play more. So you'll see a probably a start, you know, for oh, you get Mason Madsen too, excuse me, but you'll see a lot of the younger guys get more of a chance. Chaz Kelly, his minutes have improved. You know, we talked about him with Mason earlier this week. Um, the other guy that's coming in, the other, the other. Uh, Recruit is um, Jaden Hastings from IMG Academy. So big time high school program. You know, they're basically a factory for NBA and college players. He's a 6'10 forward slash center. 
Um, what I've heard about him, kind of the same thing I heard about Armani Miami, who's uh, their freshman center right now, is that he is good. Def- he's a, he's very good defensively, but also but limited on offense, which seems to be a lot of the guys that Gerald Grant gets. And you know what? Fine. As long as Armani Mighty can take a step up next year and be ready, or or Hastings can get ready faster, um, but he's 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 a guy with a lot of good offers. I'm not saying that this is a bad kid or anything like that. He was, I mean, both of these kids are uh, recruits that had a lot of interest. Fred Payne uh, got a lot of interest after the summer circuit. Uh, BC offered really quick credit to Earl Grant for getting some uh, early feelers out on him and, and grabbed him before he blew up. So that was a good one. And Hastings obviously is at IMG Academy. So credit to, to Grant and his staff for being able to go out there and do uh, some of that recruiting that I think has do, uh, really helped. Now in a moment, I'm going to look at some questions about um, Quinton Post. We'll look at some questions about Jeff Halfley and his job security. And if you have questions, hit them up in the comment section. I want to talk about those as well. Now, what I want to also tell you about is FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and it's here, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bat- bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And you can get into that NBA action this weekend if there's games you want to get into. I love using FanDuel. Um, it's it's super easy to use, and best of all, you get your money right away. So head on over to FanDuel. Don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So one thing I wanted to talk about was uh, someone brought up, and I thought it was a perfect opportunity on a mailbag type episode, was the recent comments that Miami Dolphins uh a head coach, Mike McDaniel made about firing Matt Applebaum. And so uh, there was a, he was asked about it at a press conference. He asked about the both coaching moves he made. He fired somebody else too, or let go of somebody else. And I thought that I would share uh, what SI.com's Miami site said about um, Applebaum. So basically they broke down the comments. It says when it comes to the offensive line coach move, which Applebaum replaced with replaced after one year on the job, McDaniel said it had more to do with Frank Smith, their offensive coordinator. As we have suggested before, Smith was heavily involved with coaching the offensive line last year after Applebaum was hired out of Boston college. McDaniel said that needed to be changed, needed to change. And the implication clearly was that Applebaum was not ready to be a full-time NFL offensive line coach. Then he says, this is the quote from, from McDaniel. Realistically, from the way the staff was orchestrated the previous year, I really needed to get more offensive coordinator work out of Frank Smith, and he was devoted a little too much to the offensive line, McDaniel said. And I needed more selfishly to alleviate some stuff off my plate. And so that was the motivating factor to make that move, was to facilitate Frank Smith being able to appropriate his time more as a coordinator and less in the offensive line room. Ouch. So basically... What that's saying, <laughs> what McDaniels is saying is basically 
um, Frank Smith had to help Applebaum out um, as, for being, you know, being a core, uh, an offensive line, at doing his offensive line job. That's not a good thing to hear that you had a guy in the NFL and his offensive line, his offensive coordinator basically had to help him through his job. Um, a little worrisome. I got to say, uh, hearing things like that. Um, but we'll have to wait and see how that plays out on BC's side. So that was a great question. Um, I, and, um, what was his name? Derek. Thank you for the, for, thank you for putting that in my mailbox. So I got to hear exactly what was said next. Continuing on, let's go to our Facebook uh, group. John B. says, does Quinton Post have more eligibility? It was stated he had three years after leaving MSU. He does. Quinton Post does have more eligibility left. He has one more year. So hopefully it will be at Boston College. Hopefully Quinton Post is not going to get picked up by some blue blood uh, and, and um, taken to, you know, to an, to a powerhouse school. I mean, I obviously there's going to be some interest in him and uh, he, he was non-committal. I heard uh, a press conference with him. I think it was after the UVA, uh, either after the UVA game or something after or recently. And he said something about being, you know, he didn't want to talk about it right now. So hopefully friends of the Heights has their checkbook open because he's going to be the absolute key to uh, the, the future of Boston college basketball. You need, you need him. You need to figure out how to get him to stay here. And hopefully he will be able to do that. Uh, next question. DJ Fullerton on Twitter. Do you see the football team in a bowl game? And if so, is Halfley's job safe? So, yes, I, I've, I've said um, I'm much more on the uh, less um, – pessimistic side. I know you guys are, are surprised. I, I am. <laughs> I, I, I see things a lot more positively sometimes. And it's, it's sometimes I, I try to make it so it's not a fault, but we'll have to see it with the season, but say, let's say, let's throw out a, um, a question here. If he goes six and six with the schedule, the way that it's, it's currently set up, does that keep Jeff Halfley's job? I think it all depends on how, the school and the administration see how Halfley's improving the program. That's, that's my bottom line. BC fired Steve Adazio for, for topping out at six and six. If at year four, Jeff Halfley is topping out at six and six again. I mean, if this, the administration feels the same way, maybe they do make that move. So that's my kind of thought there at six and six. And, and you maybe, you know, it all depends on how they see it. If they think that he's doing a good job of building a culture, blah, 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 blah. I don't think he'll get fired if they make a bowl. But if they're like, you know, if they, if there's stuff behind the scenes that we're not hearing about, and maybe the, the administration doesn't agree with the way he's doing something or, or something, you he could obviously get fired. I think that's a potential seven and five and up. He's keeping his job. If he goes seven and five this year, he's not losing his job. I, I can tell you that. So great. Thank you so much, DJ. Now, Glenn, another great listener of our show. What two players do I expect to take a large step up this year and in football? And what two newcomers do you expect to make the biggest impact? Okay. Biggest step up for BC this year off uh, defensively is going to be uh, Bryce Steele. Here's why. I think, I think he's going to get, 
he is all about being in the right place at the right time. He had moments last year. You started to see where things started to click with Bryce Steele. And yes, it was not consistent at all. I'm not saying he had a good year. He did not. But you saw pieces of it at different times where Steele looked like the guy that could do some big things for BC. So Bryce Steele, I think, will take that next step. And it'll be a big step for him. I think I, I can see it happening with him. He's one name I want to watch for. And I'm going to continue on the defensive side of the ball for another player to take a big step forward. And I'm going to look at Quan Williams at defensive tackle. Now, defensive tackle is missing Chibuzi and Wuka from last year. You're going to see um, some new names up there because uh, Isaiah Henderson is gone. Boozy's gone. You're going to have Horsley. You're going to have Owen Stoudmire. You're going to have Quan Williams. And Chris Banks will be thrown in there as well. I think Quan Williams is going to be show you uh, why he was one of the highest rated recruits BC got last year. He's already got his feet wet. We've already seen him start to make some plays. I think he's going to be the next kind of big, big, bigger name. I don't want to say big name yet because he hasn't shown me that yet. Uh, bigger name defensive players. I think that that'll be it. My answer. So those are my two. Uh, in terms of transfers that are going to have big years, give me Alex Washington on defense. I think he's going to step up and become a very good cornerback. Um, I think he's, you know, size wise, you know, uh, being able to pick up the game. I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And then on the offensive line, I'm ready to see what Kyle Hergel can do. Um you know, Bruce Feldman had him as one of his athletic freaks just a couple years ago. I love the freak list that he makes up, and Hergel was on it. Um, I think he could be a real kind of mauler down there. Um, I'm excited to see what Hergel can do. I think uh, um, Logan Taylor is more of a project. I'm not sure what that's going to look like this year, but I think Hergel is like, he's ready to go. He's going to be a guy that's going to play uh, right off the bat and could be exciting to watch. So, those are a few more questions. Uh, then we also have uh, the big question. And I, I kind of said it already. Jim day says, what the heck is the story on our new coordinators? I said it. I'll just repeat it again. They've been hired both. It's not that they are BC's dragging their feet, hiring them. The BC is dragging their feet, announcing them. And I don't know why they're dragging their feet, announcing them. I said, I heard before that they were already doing their jobs that there was just some paperwork that was, you know, kind of holding it up, but that's, that shouldn't take this long. I don't know if they're just going to wait. Cause I know Halfley last year when they hired John McNulty did a press conference. I I'm sure on Friday, he's going to do a press conference when uh, practice starts up. Might as well just throw them all together. So he doesn't have to do a bunch of them. I mean, it's, is that the most um, enthusiastic coaching choice? No, but maybe that's what he does. I don't know. I don't know why they haven't hired it yet. All, you know, honestly, I know it's frustrating as a fan to not know it, but right now, like, honestly, as long as they're just doing their job, that's all I should care about. Right. Like as long as they're recruiting, doing the work that they need to do, um, it's nice for us to know, but the big issue is, are they with the team? Are they doing, you know, recruiting all that good stuff? So thank you for all those questions. And believe me, I, I would love to know too. I would love to be able to talk about it. And I still don't have the answers yet. Uh, so we'll get to that later. Uh, all right. In our final segment, my bag is still flowing to the brim and I see commenters jumping up. So, man, this is going to be a busy third segment full of questions about everything that you want to know. We'll get to that in just a moment. Locked on BC, AJ Black here. 
first question, I'm going to go to Mitch. You know, Mitch. Mitch is one of our favorite uh, staff writers here. And he asked a question on, on text to me. If BC makes the tournament in 2024, will Earl Grant still be the coach the following season? And I responded to him on text with great question. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I think he will be Earl Grant to me strikes me as a guy who takes, I, I, I see him as like, you know, he's happy here. He's loyal. He's very, he's a, a faith-based guy. I mean, he wrote it all over the board after that game yesterday. I think he's happy here. Um, and one season, I, one season of making the tournament. I mean, I don't see BC as being like a top 20 team next year. Um, I don't think they're going to get guy, no matter what they do, even if they make the tournament, I don't see them trying to poach him. I just don't see it happening yet. I um, mean, he says, what about South Carolina? Wouldn't they come calling? I know he's a South Carolina guy. Um, and South Carolina is a freaking mess right now. So maybe, but I don't know. I, I see him staying with BC, but thank you, Mitch. Uh, we'll hopefully have him back on again soon. All right. Continuing in our mailbag, we have some more questions for us. We have Jack asking, why do you think CJ Penna didn't get more time yesterday? He was three for four with six points and two big blocks in 10 minutes. Prince got 15 more minutes and wasn't very involved in the offense or a threat to score. I get McLaughlin and TJ Bickerstaff add something differently on the boards and defensively, but the time distribution seemed pretty skewed. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I have, I've noticed more and more that, you know, I think you've all noticed that, you know, Grant down the stretch has, has moved more and more away from Pena, um, Pena and, uh, his minutes have kind of diminished. And before this game, I would have said it was defensive issues, right? You've seen him out there and he's not the most physical defender. And so I was, I was wondering if maybe his defense was the reason why he, he didn't play him as much, especially against a team like Wake Forest, where he's not the quickest guy and wakes pretty fast. Um, I, you know, maybe he wanted to get uh, a Ligby who's, who's been a better defender, just, te- you know, typically um, it's an interesting in-game adjustment that I didn't see. Right. Like you, you, I saw it too. Right. You know, Prince Ligby did not look good last night. There was that, I, I forget who hit the shot. It might've been uh, Appleby, but there was one where he was supposed to, um, you know, switch off. And he was like, five feet off of the guy who was nowhere near where he was supposed to be in the guy and wake hit a wide open three pointer. It was, it was at clutch time too, which is a really bad communication piece. I don't know why. I don't know why I am guessing it had to do with the defense, but I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I have to say, I'm su- kind of surprised Grant didn't make that adjustment in the middle of the game to try to like, you had Pena looking good. Why didn't he play more? But that's a great question, Jack. And then I think that's all of our questions. I have, uh, from our all of you guys yep let's we still have we hey don't go anywhere yet we're not done yet because i haven't even cracked i'm i'm I'm, uh stretching out here because i'm about to open the comment section here and see what you all have to say so here we go sj73 when will spring roster come out friday yep usually it comes out i i know the the joke right now is Oh, BC hasn't announced their coordinators. We're going to get the, the roster in middle of April. Pro, yeah, I get it. Uh, but I think it's got more to do with um, they're going to have 
practice. They'll have the reporters there. They'll get the rosters. We'll get, we'll, um, we'll, we'll get our answers. I, I think on the roster on Friday for practice. And then it's weird. I, I don't know if the folks have, have had a chance to look at the practice schedule yet. BC is off for like a week and a half after cause spring break happens. So they come in, they probably do some weigh-ins, do a little bit of meetings and then they're gone for a while. So it's going to be a, a, a long uh, layoff in between. Um, okay. So we also have Len asking Len Suber, who's always one of our loyal listeners saying, Hey, AJ Halfley gets fired. Who would you be your top coach to replace him? Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, believe me, I've also a little, I know a lot of folks out there. Um, Chesney from Holy Cross. I, I would love that. I mean, I, I would, I would be okay with that. You know, he's an offensive minded coach. They're a team that's won, and I, I'm, I'm big on the mind of you win, you win anywhere. Um, I am a little, you know, just I, I would if if he was to come here, I would love to surround him with recruiters again, uh, because I'm not sure what he can do on that end. But hey, the guy's got a good young offensive mind, so I would say Chesney, the the guy from Holy Cross. I mean, I think they could get him if they wanted to, but we'll have to wait to the end of this year to see where, where they go with that. Um, will BC have a thousand yard rusher from Marty party? No, they will not. Um, and I don't think it has to do with the offensive line having issues here. I think it has more to do with, um, with there's enough backs that the, the ball's going to move around more. I think you'll see Pat Garwo do some stuff, Alex Broom, Kai, Kai Robichaux, you know, maybe even a little bit of um, Cam Barfield. I just see them spreading it out too much that you don't have like a feature back that is just like, you know, a ground and pound guy like AJ Dillon or Andre Williams. I know a thousand yards t- divided by 12 is like 85 yards per kid. 85 yards per game, excuse me. But. I don't see it happening. Jeff Scheel, if you had a pick today for the 2023 season, would you rather have McNulty back or the upcoming duo? Um, I'd rather have the upcoming duo. I think Chodzinski is going to be a big upgrade. Um, he's an established guy who has done this for years. Um, he's a, one of the brighter offensive minds, I think in the last 20 years in offense. Um, and I'm not, I think Shimko's done a nice job with Emmett Moorhead. So I'm okay with this. I don't think McNulty did a good job last year in, in terms of like adjusting when your offensive line wasn't working. Uh, so I, I, I think this, I think this group is a good one. Um, and then party Marty says McNulty didn't get a fair shake with that O line half gave him. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I think that's a fair point too, but that's it for today. Uh, this is AJ black. Thank you all so much. Uh, this was a fun episode. We'll do some more mailbags as, as we get into, uh, especially during the summer when there's not so much to talk about. Um, and I know you guys have some great questions. I want to let you know if you want to get some great recruiting information tomorrow, I will have the full visitor list up on Eagle insider. If you want to know who Jeff Halfley has on campus, there's some interesting names. I also have our big boards. I'm going position by position with insider knowledge. I'm not telling you guys, I'm not going through just like an offer list and, and listing them. 
I've talked to people. I know who's coming on campus. I know the big names that they're looking at. And I'm doing it position by position. I'm giving you the priority targets. These are the school, the, the, the players. BC is absolutely going at hard. You're going to want to know about it. We have quarterbacks and running backs already up. I should have wide receivers either up tomorrow or Friday, and we're going to continue just trugging along. I have every position. I have a big board. So if you're interested in recruiting, head over to Eagle Insider and sign up. Thank you so much. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. I'm heading out. We'll see you again soon. Hmm. <laughs>